message um, for today. Um, the title is Consistency. 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 Now, one thing that, that's um, something that the Lord uh, has been so speaking to me in the last week that there is a need to be consistent. I'm trying not to preach, but just to share. You know, the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 16 and in verse 10, Luke chapter 16 and in verse 10, it says, He who is faithful in what is least. Amen. It says, is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is also is unjust also what in much that if you are consistent in wherever you are doing the bible says what you will be consistent even when much is given to you amen you know that it's all about consistency consistency wins the race amen consistency assures uh, us is a a, 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 a a level plane in life, amen, when we are what, consistent. The, the word of God in Proverbs says, see as a man diligent, you know, the word diligent in his own business, it says, such man will not stand before unknown men, but we stand before kings. He says, see the man that is consistent, that is diligent, doing what he has to be doing. The Bible says that that man will be lifted up. Because as much as it's consistent, the man, the man may not understand, may not see it at work. But one day, the word of God says, such man will be lifted up. That's why the Bible encourages you and I that we should not be weary. That is why. We should not be weary in well-doing. Because sometimes people just look at the surroundings that my faithfulness, what has it done for me so far? Amen. My faithfulness, what has it brought so far? You know, and they decide to just neglect it and go in the way of the world or go in the way of how they feel like in the flesh. Amen. But the Bible says, as you are diligent, persistent, it says you will eat of it. You will, you, uh, you will stand before kings. Amen. You know, when I look at the life of um, uh, Joseph in the Bible, Amen. Look at the life of Joseph in the Bible. It was a man that was diligent in his own business, irregardless of where he was at that time. A man that was put in the dungeons, you know, went to Potiphar's house, uh, yet he remained diligent. He did not complain. He knew he wasn't happy where he was. But yet, in whatever situation he, he was in, he remained what? Diligent. That he became the chief what, of the servants in Potiphar's house. That even though when he was cast into prison, irregardless of the situation at that time at prison, he remained what diligent. And they made him chief among the prisoners. Amen. That when from there, because he was diligent, he was brought before Pharaoh and he was made the second in command all over Egypt. He was diligent. He was consistent in his faith, in his relationship with God. He did not compromise. And that won him the victory. The reason why I said this is because sometimes, uh, you know, we, it's easy for us to get, uh, uh, it's easy for man to get discouraged in where the situation you are in. Because for Joseph, it, it was as if he was, he was getting lower. Why he thought 
he was being lifted up. Rather, he, he, he went even lower to the, to the dungeons. Are you following what I'm trying to say? But yet, he remained diligent. He remained consistent in his faith, in his faithfulness to God. Amen. Consistently wins the race. Amen. If we turn our Bibles, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. Matthew, chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. The Bible says that when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be, so shall it also be with this wicked generation, according to the word of Jesus that day, that there was a house. The house was swept. You know, a man needed deliverance. He came. Things happened, was delivered, but the place remained unoccupied. And because it remained unoccupied, something else was came in, you know. So when we look at consistency as well, I'm, you know, what the Lord is speaking to me as we remain consistent. You see, this man, that what the Lord is simply saying that whatever that has brought you to the level you are right now, to remain in that level, you must carry on doing the same thing. If you do anything short, you are going back. That's simply kind of uh, interpreting that scripture. That whatever brought in, whatever had to be done for that house, that house to be clean, that man to be delivered. Amen. He helps to remain in that level playing field consistently. But the Bible says, no, he didn't. Therefore, a worse thing came. He was what? Demoted. I mean, you know, the, the Bible says, worse thing, the enemy was going to bring greater worse thing than before. So, what, what I'm trying to say, that's one of the times you find out, you know, in the place of, I don't know if you ever noticed it sometimes, in the place of work, you get a new person coming, or you just get some people that are very zealous, and they just try in the season, and just outshine, and you just see a, an effort, or a zeal just comes in, and so I see they are the new, new person on the block, doing everything. But after, and everybody say, yeah, this is the next manager, or this is the next prefect, this is the next thing. But after two or three months, when they get to that position, guess what? They go back to their old way of life. They say, oh, he deceived us. Because he didn't carry on, or she didn't carry on doing the same thing that has brought them where they are, where they got to. So it's the same thing with our Christian walk with God. The sanctification that brought you to where you are, you have to maintain that same level of sanctification to remain there. If not, the Bible says the worst thing will come on you. That's why for me, you know, you know anyway, that's on the an, an side. You know, for me, you know, I, when people talk about deliverance, those things are real, those things are true without any doubt. But you as a Christian to be delivered, whatever grace that brought you to be delivered, you need to maintain that same level of grace and righteousness to remain delivered. Amen. That's why sometimes if you're not ready, you better not even venture. If you're not ready to change your lifestyle, if you're not ready for that change, what? Well, don't go 
there. Let a worse thing come. Remain where you are. Amen. Remain where you are. And look at the likes of King Saul. You know, as part of our case study. In the book of On Your Own Time, you can read 1 Samuel chapter 9. You can read 1 Samuel chapter 9. And you can read 1 Samuel chapter 13 on your own time. You know, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, talked about the story of Saul when he was looking for his father's um, um, donkeys. Amen. How he was so diligent and he even honored the prophet that when he was looking for a seer, when he couldn't find the, the donkey, he said, that, Is there no prophet here that can help us? And the servant told him that, Yes, there is. However, we can't just go empty handed. He went to Samuel. Samuel even told him to stay. And he sat down till the next day until Samuel gave him the message. He was diligent. He was a good man. Someone that, from a good home. But as soon as he became king, all those things went in. When they say wait, he decided not to wait. He decided to offer the sacrifices to himself. You understand? Instead of doing things himself. That, that level of consistency that brought him as king, that saw God to pick him, amen, to be, to be the, the leader of his people, Samuel, I mean Saul, later dwindled in it. So God is calling us as children of God to be consistent. If you are consistent in reading one chapter every day that has brought you to your understanding of God, carry on. Because the day you start to get so busy in life and start, you start regressing. It's just a simple thing. You just start regressing. So we need to put on that pressure. And sometimes you now find out that, ah, but two years ago, take out of the Bible says, examine yourself whether you're in the faith. What were you doing two years ago that you thought you were just so high in the spirits? What were you doing then? Now, you say, oh, things, examine yourself. What are you doing now? Do you have the same zeal? Do you have the same, uh, the same grace? Do you have the same drive? Do you understand where I'm coming from? Examine. If things are wrong, examine yourself. Is that you change as the battle, you know, as the axe head falling somewhere, go and look for it where that zeal had fallen. Because sometimes things happen to uh, change our focus, derail us. But we need to always constantly examine ourselves to remain consistent. Amen. A good example is David in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 11 from verse 1 to 3. And, you know, Zeke 2 Samuel chapter 11 from verse 1 to 3. It was nice that we studied David today about, you know, how, you know, he did everything he had to do, the seven steps and all that. Beautiful, you know. But he's not at the life of David as well. But before he got David, we studied David today, didn't we? In yeah. Sunday school. Uh, you know, I said it's good, nice studying David, uh, how he conquered Goliath and all these things. But look at the life of David. When he was... When he was anointed king, before he was anointed, it was somebody that we, I mean, Bible scholars say he was diligent in the desert, following his father's instruction. You know, he was anointed king. He wrote psalms. You know, and you know, the, the psalms are so much love God. He was a psalmist. Look at David's life. You know, when he was running away from Saul, he knew how to 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 have a relationship with God. He knew how to seek God's face when the battle, when the enemy came. Do you understand what But God had anointed him king. Remember, anointed him king. But before he took that man, that kingship in the physical realm, amen, uh, physically, you know, he was a soft God's face. He, 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 he claimed, he hung on to God with his life, that God owns my life. 
But look at it, because the day he now got to the to the to the castle and became king in the book of uh, in 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 Second Samuel chapter eleven, the Bible says when time for time for the Bible says there it says it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. The man David stayed behind. He relaxed. He didn't put the same pressure, the same tenacity, the same consistency that brought him to that level. He took his leg off the pedal. And guess what? A worse team came. Just took one. One? Just took one. Uh, relaxation. The enemy came. The flesh came. And he saw a big woman. And if you read, and the thing that amazes me that, you know, Uriah, people keep saying Uriah, Bathsheba, Uriah. But if you look at when, the, you read from 2 Samuel, read it on, when they talk about David's mighty men, Uriah was one of them. So that means that this thing that David did, he wasn't just an ordinary soldier, but was one of the wife of his mighty men that the Bible recognizes. Are you know what I'm to say? So, he just tells you, just taking that. And it can happen to any man. We see in this world today, now we see great men of God, you know, that God has used so mightily that yes, you can say, people will say, yes, this happened, this happened. But after a while, something happened, I say, how? And they put the man down. Because the consistency stops. <coughs> and it can happen to any one of us. So that some people are just light are shining on them, so the world can see. For some of others, you're not in your private closet, but the whole world can see. But your wife see, your children see, your friends may see, or you yourself may see us. Are you not right to see? So we need to be. Because as a student, you know, you're studying. What did you do to get the first class? What did you do to do? You carry on that university. You will see as you do that throughout your life, in your life, guess what? You remain on the top all the time. So that's what God is telling, telling us that as children, the you know practicality we just have to what be consistent in what we started and carry on. You know, interestingly, if you look at the book of Second Chronicles as well, chapter one and Second Second Chronicles chapter one from verse one to twelve, you know, and sure, let's just read it. Have a bit of time. Second Chronicles chapter one. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter 1. And I'll read from verse 1 quickly. It says, Now Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him and exalted him exceedingly. And Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the captains of thousands and hundreds, to the judges and every leader in all Israel, the head of the father's house. Then Solomon all and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon for the battle of for the tabernacle of meeting with God was there, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. Verse 4. But David had brought up the ark of God from uh, Kirjath, Jerem, to the place David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Now the bronze altar that uh, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, had made, he put before the tabernacle of the Lord. Solomon assembly sought him there. And Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was a tabernacle of meat, and offered there a thousand what bond offering. What happened on it after that? After we know the rest story there. After he offered the thousand bond offering, what did the Bible say? The Bible said God 
visited Solomon at night? What do you want? Because Solomon did something that no king has ever done. Are, are we following? He did something that no king has ever done in Israel. Then interestingly, in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 as well, but if we read from verse 1 to 12 as well, you know, the Bible talks about when Solomon was consecrating the altar there, that Solomon offered 22,000, you know, in verse 4, the second Chronicles chapter 7. It says that the king and all the people offered sacrifice before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. 22,000 and 120,000 sheep. That's a lot. Amen? And the Bible says in verse 12, because of this thing that Solomon did this time, the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Now, he didn't say the Lord uh, came to him in a visit, I mean, in a dream that spoke. But he said the Lord appeared. Okay, I have heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place because Solomon made a lot of requests. He prayed that certain things happen and the people come to this house of God and they pray, God will answer. You understand? There's so many things that he was saying when he was concentrating this thing. And God said he has answered them, answered Solomon. All the requests that Solomon did, that when I shut the heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devote the land and send pestilence, my people, if they are called by my name, one by the and pray and seek me, I will hear from heaven, forgive them. Now my eyes will be open and my eyes will be attentive to the prayers made in this place. I mean, there was so much that Solomon asked God. God appeared and said, oh, done by reason of that. Where am I going to? In the Bible, only twice so God appeared to Solomon, spoke to Solomon in dream when he offered a thousand offering and the next time when he did 22,000 offering, you know what I'm trying to say here? Solomon wanted more and he sought God more. Amen? He wanted more and he sought God more. One, God spoke to him in a dream. In another, God appeared to him and answered loads of things, not just one request. He asked God one thing, God gave him three. This time he asked God maybe a dozen of things, God gave him all. But after that, the Bible just went silent and God told Solomon what not to do. Don't marry, don't do this. Solomon, the greatest king, decided to. That means complacency king. He wasn't consistent in his faith with God anymore. And that's what brought about his downfall. That when, as much as he sought God in consistency, God kept on lifting him higher. But the day he relaxed because he arrived, that's why we ourselves, by the grace of God, we need to be careful when God takes us, we are consistent in what we're doing, and God elevates us, that when you get there, remember where you are coming from. What things that you were doing that brought you there? Write it. That's what the Bible talks about. When the children of Israel, it's amazing. The Bible says that you write it. If you go to Jewish homes, you will see a sign on the wall. Like in that thing is the it's the Torah, the, the, the Bible that is there. When they see, they always remember ah, the word of God, the word of God. The Bible says write it. Make it clear every time. Remind yourself when you are coming. So you to write it down. Remind yourself where you were coming from so that you to keep you humble when you get there so that you will be consistent in this fellowship with the Almighty God in the things that you were doing. Because there's no good thing, you know, in a man that was poor and he became the, the most uh, noticeable man that brought change and the next thing, I mean, it's not good to taste success 
and now go back to failure. It's best not to even have got in there in the first place. Are you going to run to say? So, consistency is the game. That's why the Bible says this thing cannot come out of fasting and praying. You know? Now, if you look at, and I look at it as, as well as, you know, sometimes people get hurt in, in the things of the, of the things of the realm of the spirit. There's a guy that I still want to speak to. This is a bit on the side, and I was sharing with my wife. You know, you know, I remember then in, in United Kingdom, you know, when we were doing some of the school, this guy, you could look at him as Bible, uh, what would you call it? Uh, Bible, what was that thing called? Um, the Bible scholar, not as a scholar, um, people that can write like encyclopedia, yes, sir. And think of him as a Bible encyclopedia. You speak this thing, it tells you. They tell you the last twelve on the school lessons, it will give you all the title possibly, and it will give you all the memory verses, and it will quote that book. Did you read Beautiful. You know, it was the, the champion in some of the school. Yeah. So, yeah, and basically, yes, he knows this thing. But my understanding was he didn't dig in spiritually, yet he looked at the letter and all that. So because of the little Bible he knows, of the so much Bible he knows, he now he didn't build himself spiritually. He now went to the territory of the enemy to say, well, this is what the Bible says, but and did it. Well mind that the guy came back wounded. And I just noticed that after a while, the guy was just quiet in church for, for, for months. Do you understand? What happened? what happened? Until I heard a bit, but I know the guy, I was going to speak to him on my own as well. That what really, truly, truly happened? What I'm trying to say here is that it does remind me of the story of the sons of Sceva. That it's not about the Bible you know, it's about the Bible that is alive in you. It's not about the word that you can quote. But what, you know, I heard of a story as well that people say that the highest form of praise is, the highest form of prayer is praise. But the man in Nigeria quoted that the highest form of praise, the highest form of prayer is praise when a man has truly prayed. Is praise when a man has spent time praying before praising God. Because praise is easy. You know, you try to praise God now for 10 hours, you don't praise. Because sometimes the praise can appeal to your flesh. You can do this thing, you are jumping, you are looking for, they say pray for two hours, you tell me. Sit down here, two hours, going on in the spirit. The mind wants to go, oh, it's boring. Oh, it's difficult. But go to party, or go to place and praise God for two hours. Oh, two hours, just go like that. Do you understand the difference? So praise is so most powerful when the man has spent time in the presence of God. Amen? So, I encourage us that, yes, if one hour has brought you here, or whatever you're doing has brought you here, I look at life as, yes, consistency is good. But to do more, to want the next level, we need to press in further. That's why Jesus Christ said that truly in Matthew chapter 25, he said, I mean, not in Matthew 25, uh, I know in Matthew, um, I don't you remember exactly where now. But in Matthew, the Bible says that this thing cannot go out but fasting and praying because the disciples were with Jesus Christ at that time. Amen. And the disciples tried to, to, to cast out the demons too. And they couldn't. And they said, why Jesus, why couldn't you do this thing? Jesus Christ said that a deeper commitment, a deeper thing is needed to address this thing. 
therefore you couldn't carry it. It's like a man that is trained to carry 10 kilos. You know, you can lift 10 kilograms. And tomorrow you're not, so you need to train them. You need to train for to carry them, you know, consistency 12, 13. But you go from 10 to 30. What did you happen to you? You hurt yourself physically. That is the truth. So why don't you the why don't you carry these things into the things of the spiritual as well? It's the same thing, church. It's the same thing. We want more digging deep. We ask God for grace. So that is all God wants to share with us this 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 this, this morning. And it reminds me of the story of the virgins as well as we round up in the book of Matthew chapter 25. We can read it on our own account. Matthew 25 from verse 1. Talk about the story of the ten virgins. Yeah. The Bible says they've done well. Ten virgins. Beautiful. They've remained they're clean. Remain, you know, did everything they have to do. The Bible here says in those ten virgins, it says five were wise. It says here, it says five were foolish. Because what? To, to enter the kingdom of God, the, the wise one needed an extra oil. They needed to press a little bit, digging a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper to get there. But the foolish one does say, well, I've been doing the same thing. Let me just carry on. I'm not going to hunger more. I'm not going to test more. I'm just going to just relax, you know. I know how the system works. I know how to play it out. I'm not going to press any further. And the Bible calls them foolish. So wherever we are, let's press more. Press to know God. Uh, press to, to, you know, desire, not just desire, but by, you know, as we read in Sunday school this morning, that, you know, I mean, as it's on the screen, the open heavens this morning, that, you know, we must love righteousness and hate lawlessness. We must be consistent in it. The Bible says hate lawlessness. He hates sin and love righteousness. We do it with all our hearts. You know, we spend time with our God. Huh? We hear from our God what God will have us to do. And we do it. Amen. We prioritize. Amen. So times, you know, I look at life as, you know, this is me just speaking now. But, you know, sometimes it's beautiful. When I went to Israel, you know, you spent time, you know, and I could tell you that because one was set apart, it's as if the heaven was open. You could hear, things were clear. Amen. And you come back home, but you're busy at this thing. You can't have that time. For what I realized that can't a man live like a man can live life like that? My God. Who's telling you? Because I look at the general Vasier, general Vasier, he needs me to understand what the general Vasier said something. He said that he looks forward to retirement. That he will show people how that how to serve God. When I look at that, I think, why are we saying that? Why can't we do so? Because he says, those hours that he spends, you know, is, you know, when you look at the Bible, that he not walked with God. So you wonder, I mean, you need to just think it deep. How can a man walk with God? We're not talking of a man just, just thinking of, you know, because I can tell you there's a difference that when you spend time in the presence of God on countless hours, rather than spending time in mundane things, going to chase business, going to do this, going to do that, there's a difference. I'm not saying those are not important. I even trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes I look at the general and say I'm saying short a thing. I'm like, hmm, what I was what said he was caught up in the third heaven and this thing. There's something that he must have done. He hasn't worked. That got him to that level. There's particular concentration. But I just look at it that if a man was to live in that bubble, that man they were calling the spirit. 
Are you following what I'm trying to say? So I just look at it as God is beautiful. So I just encourage us, church, and remain consistent in whatever you're doing. And let us bow our heads.